You're listening to the Jewel City Podcast. You can join us Sundays at 10 a.m. in person or online, or Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. In this podcast, we'll hear a message from our congressional care pastor, Aaron Caton. So tonight is Bible study. So it's titled Renewing Your Mind. See, we have Second Chronicles 7 and 14. It says, it's my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven and will forgive their sin and will, hear, will heal their land. So many times that we pray and we expect God to heal our land, but we do not do what he's called us to do. He says to repent, to humble ourselves before him and to repent. And then he says, turn from your wicked ways. And many of us, I mean, he's speaking to the Israelites. I mean, he's speaking to his, his people. And who are we to say that we don't have sin in our life? But one way that we can walk away from sin is by continuing to renew our mind. So the objective to this is to understand the importance of renewing our mind. Um, this teaching emphasizes certain fundamental concepts and principles necessary to renew your mind. The moment you pray the sinner's prayer and believe it in your heart, you're born of the Spirit of God. Unfortunately, our mind doesn't transform at the same time. God has given each of us a soul which is made up of your mind, your will, and your emotions. God's will is for all to be saved, but he will not force us to make that decision. Each of us has a will, and we must make this a personal decision. It is the same will that must be used to renew our minds. God tells us not to be conformed to this world, but to be transformed or changed by the renewing of our minds through his word. The word tells us to love the Lord with all of our heart, with all of our soul, and with all of our might. And every thought in your being must be lined up with the word. Just think for one second. It only takes one negative thought in your mind to not commit to God with your whole mind. That's powerful. Therefore, we know that the battle must be in the mind. The enemy will constantly try to put doubt into your thought life. He knows that just as you choose to accept Christ, you can choose to reject him. The enemy will try to meet you where you are weakest. If we change the way we think by what we read, what we view, and what we speak, we can restrict access to the enemy. Now, this came from, from my training in Christian theology. This is, that was written by Christian Harfouche and, and Harfouche Ministries. But he boils down to the Word of God. So we go into 1 Thess Thessalonians 5 and 16. And he tells us, what does he say? Rejoice evermore. He also, Paul tells us in 2 Corinthians 6 and 10, that we should always rejoice, right? He says, as sorrowful, yet always rejoicing, as poor, yet making rich, as having nothing, and yet possessing all things. Be joyful. Paul's telling us, even in our sorrowful moment, be joyful. Why? Because you're valued by God. He sent his only begotten son to die on a cross, to redeem you from your sin, to bring you out, that you have value. Even in your worst moment of life, he's saying, be joyful. Christ paid your debt. You're important to God. 
and the calling on your life, it's impacting others. Whether you believe it or not, you're, you're impacting people's lives. If you're joyful, and that's the, that's the catch, if you're joyful, you're impacting people's lives. If you're gloom and doom, you're impacting people's lives in the wrong manner that God wants you to. Amen? So be joyful in life. He says, 1 Thessalonians 5 and 19, quench not the spirit. So do not put, the, put out the, the spirit's fire. So how do we quench the spirit? It's open mic night. How do we quench it? Anybody? You better get ready. I'm trying to warm you up for Linda because she's going to be asking questions too. How do we quench the spirit? Anything that's opposite of what God tells us to do. Amen. So uh, w- w- our hearing dolls to the spirit, right? Sometimes we focus more on the music than worshiping God, right? Sometimes we count the attendance more than we're focused on maybe bringing the word or maybe even just paying attention to what God wants to do through us right here. Whenever we're sitting here on a Sunday morning, God may drop something in your spirit, but if you're not If you're not focused on hearing, we're quenching the Spirit. God wants to use each and every one of us. Not studying the Word. See, God knows who's coming. He knows exactly where they're going to sit. And He's able to use you if our ears are sensitive to His Spirit. Right? Amen? So Matthew 16, 24 through 26 And when they were come to Capernaum, they received tribute. Money came to Peter. All right. No. Hold on. But he answered and said, I am not sent, but unto the lost sheep. I'm not right at all. Holy smokes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Matthew 16, 24, there you go. If any man will deny himself, come after me. Let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whosoever will save his life shall lose it, and whosoever will lose his life for my sake shall find it. For what is a man profit if he shall gain the whole world and lose his own soul? Or what shall a man give in exchange for his soul? The NIV said, Then Jesus said to his disciples, if any man wants to be my follower, you must turn from your selfish ways. Take up your cross and follow me. If you try to hang to your life, you will lose it. But if you give up your world, your life for my sake, you will save it. And what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but lose your own soul? Is anything worth more than your soul? Is anything worth more than your soul, nothing. The benefits of God's word is based on our personal choices every day. You, you, you will receive blessing. His mercies are new every day, right? His blessings are new every day. Your personal choices every day affect the blessings 
that you have, 30, 60, or 100-fold, right? Meeting the certain conditions that God promises. It's our personal choice. We have to understand and accept that, that discipleship is forsaking all things, our own personal ambitions. It goes back to not quenching the Spirit by hearing the Word of God, by hearing the Spirit and moving whenever He asks us to move, forsaking. I got my agenda to go visit such and such, but in my ear, if I'm hearing I need to go visit Norma Berardi and I don't, then I'm, I, I'm stealing from Norma and myself the blessing because I got my own ambition to go somewhere else. Does that make sense? So we need to stay in tune, forsaking ourselves. What, when you deny yourself on earth for God's will, I believe, I believe, that God will pay you back a hundredfold blessing in this life. And there's also a guaranteed promise of eternal life. Amen? Amen. So think about that. If you will give up whatever it is, a hundredfold blessing in return from God, I believe. Amen? You're faithful to your kids. I'm faithful to mine whenever they're obedient. Matthew 22, 37. Jesus said unto him, Thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. Powerful. The love to God must come first. Love to God must come from the heart. It's an inward affection. The soul, it's a conscious decision. And the mind, all of our thoughts, it goes to God first. But let me read a few verses to you. Deuteronomy 6 and 5. Let's see what Jesus was saying. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart, and with all thy soul, and with all thy might. The Son is repeating the Father. Deuteronomy 10 and 12. And now, Israel, what does the Lord thy God require of thee? But to fear the Lord thy God, to walk in all his ways, and to love him. And to serve the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul. Man, he's speaking to his own, his own children that he pulled out of Egypt. Deuteronomy 30 and 6. And the Lord thy God will circumcise thy heart and the heart of thy seed to love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul that thou mayest livest. Renewing our mind is just loving God first in our day. Getting up, rejoicing and being thankful that he's given a breath of life to us. That we got a heartbeat. That we're able to love. That we're able to stand up. That we're able to do those things. It's a blessing. But it all comes from God. And we got to pay it all back to him. A hundredfold what he's paying to us. Jesus on a cross. He gave it all. One of the greatest indicators that we have a relationship with God is our love to him. When we worship when we pray, when we read. Because of our love to God, it changes how we love other people. The renewing of our mind because of our love and our fellowship with the Father. God is love. God is love. He's not, he's not, it's not something that he does. God is love. And he wants to know our love. 
And he wants to see our love towards other people. Amen? Romans 12 and 2. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the, remo- by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Peter tells us also, 1 and 14, as obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lust in your ignorance. So Peter's telling us that we were ignorant and Paul's telling us not to be conformed to the world. Be not conformed. That's, in, that's accommodating the godless system of this age. That's accepting the pattern of an age whose God is the devil. Where we accept so much. I'll use Tory as an example. The valedictorian, is that what he was? He's come out of the closet and admitted that he's queer. Tory thought his speech was spot on perfect. And I had to have a heart to heart with her and say, Tory, that was not a good speech. The principal shouldn't allow that boy to address the congregation of him coming out of the closet. She has accommodated that, and it broke my heart. As Christians, we can't accommodate the world. She can love him on him as much as she wants. But she's got to tell him the truth. She's got to share the love truthfully with him. Continue to pray for him in truth that, that he will be changed. Does that make sense? Be transformed by a renewed mind. Get a refresher. Get in God's word. It literally changes our thoughts when we put God's word in our minds. Through the power of the word and the Holy Spirit, it can dictate our actions. It dictates our character. It dictates our habits. The word changes us and it puts us on a godly path and a godly living. Amen? So be renewed, transformed by the renewing of your mind. You may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. Anybody have any comments? The spirit of the world is is the enemy of the spirit of God. Amen. Amen. When we speak up, we'll feel the wrath of the spirit of the world. Amen. Amen. Yes. We need to speak what God wants us to speak. Again, that goes back to to hearing and, and the guiding of the Holy Spirit. Right? Amen. So Proverbs 4, 20 and 22. says, My son, attend to my words. Incline thy ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thy heart, 
for they are life unto those that find them, and the health to all their flesh. He says, pay attention to God's word. He says, listen to what the word of God is saying to you. Your mind will be renewed through what the word is saying, through what God is saying. He says, be consistent in your reading of God's word. And he says, keep the word in your heart. If we keep it here, we're going to feel convicted when we sin. And we'll repent quickly. If we keep it on a shelf, we'll pray at the end of the night and say, Lord, forgive me my sins. But the closer that we draw to God, it's here and it's a quick conviction where we repent and we're renewed. And that's what God wants to continue to do with us. I mean, every time you ever saw your child do something wrong, you were quick to to respond on correcting them. If you waited till the end of the night, you said to yourself, too late to do that, right? So we gotta, we got to be consistent in our walk. Hebrews 5 and 8. I'm going way too fast. Nobody's commenting on anything. Hebrews 5 and 8. Though he were a son, yet learned he obedience by the things which he suffered. Any comments? We must learn obedience to Christ and to God and to the Holy Spirit. And how do we do these things? We do it by trying to bring every thought captive in our mind. You will, if you dwell in Christ, if you dwell in God, you will have total freedom. If you dwell half in, half out, you're not going to have total freedom. If you dwell completely out of God, you will not have the freedom or the peace that God supplies. If you dwell in Christ, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter your wages. It doesn't matter how you live. You, you will have peace. I, I mean, I grew up dirt poor. My mom had peace all of her life. She, she dwelled in the presence of God. There's not a day that she didn't sing and worship him and pray and read and you know she had peace all of her days it wasn't about the level of money it was about the heart for God that chases after because when you chase after God it doesn't matter how much money you got because if you're chasing after God he's going to supply the need that you need to meet whoever it is that he wants you to impact and it's a it's a testimony I, there, there's a neighbor in our, in, in our neighborhood who called us out of the blue. They're veterans. They were getting food during COVID. They couldn't eat it all. They said, hey, do you have somebody that you could give this to? And it just went right through hands to a family that needed it. That's God supplying the needs to somebody who said, Lord, I need, I need food. And he said, I had ears that could hear. And he sent me. But he can send everybody. He wants to use each and every one of us. Lynn is exactly right. When we dwell in God, there's freedom, there's peace, and he wants to use you. You don't have to be a pastor. You don't have to be in this position. Jim Sauburn. <laughs> the last day that I was with him, he reminded me of the first time that I went to Mon General. 
I sat with him for two hours, and we just had conversation. I wasn't in this position. I was a willing vessel to go. That's all God's looking for, is somebody that's going to run after his heart and chase after his heart and want to dwell inside of him. And then he's going to use you to sit with a Jim Sovereign for two hours to give him peace and comfort and show him that God's dwelling with him by sending somebody right there. He wants to use each and every one of us. It is not about a position. It's not about a title. It's about being a servant to God and dwelling in his spirit, dwelling in his presence, dwelling in his word. That's what tonight's about. It's about trying to get us to understand that if we humble ourselves, if we repent and turn from our wicked ways, he'll heal our land. Our land is our house. Our land is our home. Twelve years ago, he healed my land. He healed my land. He healed my house. He healed my marriage. He healed my, my relationship with my children. He delivered me. He healed me because I humbled myself and I came to salvation. And everything that I asked for, he delivered a hundredfold plus. I humbled myself and repented. And he's the one who's renewing my mind. That's all that, that, that I'm trying to get out of this is that everybody just seek him. As Lynn's saying, dwell in him. Powerful statement. He, you have to be quiet. The more you talk, the more he doesn't speak because he's trying to speak to it. You know, your prayer life, many of us, right, we just, we may just explode on what we need through the day, but we need to silence ourselves. Try it for 30 seconds. It's the longest 30 seconds of your life. Try it for a minute after you accomplish 30 seconds. You know, he tells us to meditate on his word. How many of us read and then we meditate on that scripture. We think about what it says. I'm guilty that I don't. I'm guilty that I run out of the house during prayer time sometimes and jump in my vehicle and still continue to pray and trying to hear. I'm guilty of it. But he's seeking. He says, pay attention to my word. He says, listen to what I'm trying to say. He says, be consistent in me. And keep, your, keep his word in your heart, on his heart, on your heart, my heart. He says that, that he, learned, he learned obedience through his suffering. And that's where we got to be. We got to learn that obedience, as Rusty said. I, I've always told Pastor Robert that obedience is the key to our relationship with Christ. That's, that's how you're going to prosper, by being good whenever you walk in obedience to him. It's just like your children walking in obedience to you. You're always rewarding them for being in obedience. Try to bring your thoughts into captivity, which is a hard thing. I stumbled last week or the week before with something. I said something I shouldn't have said. I stumbled. I didn't take my thought captive. It happens to all of us. Hebrews 10 and 38. Now the just shall live by faith, but if any man draw back, 
my soul shall have no pleasure in him. Mm. What is faith? Anybody? Everybody? The substance of things hoped for. Okay. So what is faith? Total and complete trust in God. Anybody else? Taking God at his word. What is faith? Michael? What's faith? Trust. Patrick? All good answers. I put confidence. I put assurance. I put pledge. How I answered the question. And trust. What does it mean to draw back? He said in that statement, he said in that scripture, he says, but if any man draw back, huh? not to give all. Anybody else? Doubt? Fear? Half-hearted. What's it mean to you to draw back? To backslide? To turn away? I put to leave, to leave him. He says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. But it's us who forsake him. It's us who walks away from him. It's us who don't get on our knees and pray. It's us who don't sing songs and worship him in hymns and praise. It's us who doesn't get into the word and start reading. It's us who leaves him. He'll never leave us. He gave his only begotten so that he could have us. He'll never leave us. It's us. He says God will have no pleasure in us if we leave him. He says that his soul if any man draw back my soul shall have no pleasure in him. And that is a terrifying statement. He says in John 4 and 24, he says, God is a spirit. And they that worship him must worship him in spirit and in truth. So your, our relationship, whenever we go back to the first scripture, our relationship being joyful, it matters to God. Being, then we go back to Matthew 22 and 37, that we need to love God first. He says in Ephesians 4 and 23. And be renewed in the spirit of your mind. It's pretty much the same statement. He's saying that the old man, the old lifestyle of disobedience has to be gone. It says be renewed by the spirit of God. I mean, don't lean on your own understanding. Lean on Christ. Everything that Christ is, everything, you got to dwell in him. Right? He says Ephesians 4 and 29. And it pretty much speaks for itself. Let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace unto the hearers. What's it mean to you? Let's try to control ourselves and not use useless words. Obscene words, 
foul language. Why? Because we're to use good words that are for edifying and that they may minister grace unto the hearers. I agree. I, I, I think that you have to love on them, but you've got you to tell them the truth. And, you know, I can go back to a testimony where I loved on somebody and didn't even know the lifestyle that they were in. And then after they quit, they sent me a, an email, and a year later they, were, they became, they started working at a women's shelter and started ministering through prayer. And it all came back to the love that was shown to her. You know, she got saved. She got changed. God made a radical change in her. So, so what well, says there, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. And then the next word, but. So it's telling us what not to come out of our mouth. And now we go a little further and it tells us what is to come out of our mouth. But that which is what? Good. To what? To the use of edifying. That it may minister grace unto the hearers. Mm -hmm. Not unto you. Because you said it. It's to edify. To build up. To encourage. To show grace to the hearers. Those that are around us. We can change the atmosphere. Amen. I want to be around people that are encouraging me. I don't want to be around somebody that's drawing like a, a battery in a, in a vehicle. If there's something left on it, it'll just draw that till that battery is dead. I want to be around an alternator that is charging me. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, you know, I just said to the staff yesterday, and I've been praying that the rest of my ministry, that I'd just be an encourager. And uh, I think that's what we all need to be is encouragers. Encouragers not as far as a feel good, but as the word of God. Because the word says we are the head not to tell. Yeah. We are above, not beneath. We are more than conquerors through Christ Jesus. So we need to encourage. Uh, the, you know, that's, that's just what I got out of it. Amen. Anybody? The gospel is defined as good news. If the word's coming out of your mouth, isn't good news then it ain't the gospel. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Hold on. Hold on. It says, Second uh, Timothy uh, 3.16, everybody knows this, all scripture is God-breathed, which means it's coming directly from the Lord and is useful for teaching... And this is in reference really to ourselves. The word is for us. It teaches us, but you can use it to teach others. Rebuking, correcting. It doesn't mean you take the word and go out and correct others. It's used to correct yourself. Once you're corrected, then you can correct others. 
and training in righteousness so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Good work. That said for the servant of God, right? For the servant of God. Lynn brought out a good point. And we have to learn, teach ourselves, renew our minds. We flew to Myrtle Beach back and forth last week. And they, they tell you these air masks will fall down. And make sure you take care of your own before you try to help somebody else. And that reminded me of that word, mm -hmm. that we got to get that word in us, renew our mind, because right back to what you're yeah. preaching on. We've we got to take care of our own self. That's why, you know, he talks about loving God first with all of our, all of our mind, heart, soul, and strength. Not, not Patrick's, not Rita's, but all of ours before we start trying to minister to other people. Amen? So you have, some, you have five questions. They're simple. How are we told to love God? Matthew 22 and 37. How must we transform our minds? By renewing it. Allow God to change our minds. What are we told to do with God's word? What is it? Hide it in our heart. Don't lose sight of it. What will happen if we draw back or backslide? God will have no pleasure in us. Where, will, where must we be renewed? Let the Spirit renew your thoughts, your mind, your attitude, right? Amen? It's all yours, sir. Gee, thanks. <laughs> I thought you did good whenever you added <laughs> on to it. <laughs> Amen. Hey, um, before we leave, let's give an invitation. I don't know everyone's hearts, but every head up and every eye open. If you're here tonight and you don't know the Lord, my question is, why not? Today is the day of salvation. Amen. The Lord loves you. If you need to ask Christ in your heart, you can pray and ask Him to forgive you of your sins. Thank you for listening to the Jewel City Podcast. 